Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Helen. And I'm Mel. And I'm Phil. (laughs) Today, we have a very special guest with us. He is a dude, a fellow ABB, and he has had a significant impact on all of our lives in many, many ways. From Janet's dance team member in college to Mel's boss during the early stages of her career, to Helen's very close friend. (laughs) He's also a producer on Asian Boss Girl, and he single-handedly taught us all how to edit our podcast, which is what you hear today. His name is Philip Wang, and he is a writer, director, actor, and he's been running a YouTube channel ever since YouTube started. Some of you may have heard of it, Wang Fu Productions. Welcome, Philip. <laughs> Hi. It's so weird being on this side. I know. You're usually on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> Thanks for having me. I feel honored. This is only the third time you guys have had guests, right? Yeah. One yes. time it was with amazing female activists, and then the other time was fuckboys. <laughs> You're very lucky. I'm glad I can be. rounding out the, yeah. the variety for us. That's true. At, least, at least among the guys. So, yeah. And just as a, I guess, a side note here, we want to bring more Asian females onto this podcast. Philip, though, is a huge supporter of this podcast. We are believers that we should let our ABBs support our ABGs as well. Yes. And for today's particular topic, he is someone that we wanted to bring on because he spent a lot of time thinking about the topic and creating his own personal project around it. So we thought he would be a very fitting person to bring on for today's episode. Yappy. <laughs> oh, that's what we were talking about? I thought we were talking about yellow fever. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Next Different time. decade. <laughs> Damn, decade? A decade late. <laughs> well, that intro was very long that you guys had. So yes, we, Jen and I used to be dance partners at UCSD. Shout Go out to Ascension. Ascension. Yeah, hip hop, dance. Before YouTube made it cool. <laughs> Mel, I guess technically I was your boss at some point. That's for like a little bit though. So technically I am truly an Asian boss boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Helen and I were, were very good friends. No, <laughs> very special friends. No, but Wang Fu, yeah, in case people have no idea. I actually, I really actually do hope that a lot of people listening don't know who Wang Fu is or what Wang Fu is because that means you guys are doing a great job reaching an audience that, you know, Wang Fu hasn't, but yeah, we have a YouTube channel that has over 3 million subscribers. Dang, Holy dropping shit. those okay, numbers. Wow. <laughs> you guys are doing good, right? On Spotify, right? In terms of uh, Yeah, divide that by like 100. <laughs> no way. Right hey, you now, know what? Subscribe, follow, <laughs> a rating. Leave us a rating, preferred five. <laughs> hey, it took us a long time to get there too. But uh, yeah, we make short films and sketches and yeah, we've been very 
honored to have been able to make content for you know our fan base and a large portion of our fan base is asian american for a variety of reasons that you guys have talked about on this podcast before so i won't go into that but we're the ogs of youtube i guess we 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 were making stuff even before youtube was around you said since youtube was around but we were making silly lip syncs and videos with your handheld camcorder yeah it's uh yeah we're that I just dates remember, us. I do remember in college getting the your videos through the, oh, the regular files before you did. Oh, AIM, 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 wow. yeah. AIM, yeah. <laughs> That's how old we are. So you know this podcast is for like the what do you get? What do you girls say? Like twenties and thirties? Yeah. I'm part of the thirties. So yeah. <laughs> He's old. It's okay. You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> so Philip, you and your team, you're currently traveling the country, bringing to all these different colleges and universities this show that you created called Yappy. Mm-hmm. I guess for our listeners who don't know, Yappy is a five-part series, each about 15 minutes long, and it's out on YouTube for free, for streaming. And it's a story about a character named Andrew, who is a young Asian professional. So I guess just to kick it off, Philip, what do you define as a Yappy? It sounds like the term Yuppie. Is that where it's it's from? Yeah, I, I think like it's not like this super popular zeitgeisty word it was something that i first read like in a wall street journal article like years and years ago Mm -hmm. i first heard about yap yeah i think through this article young asian professional it's basically yeah just someone that's just working a very normal nine to five corporate job you know did what the parents wanted making the family proud because they picked that you know nice typical asian job right i feel like you know that's that's kind of like what a lot of Asian people can relate to. And I know that that's what a lot of like our fans even are, you know, and probably mm-hmm. a lot of your listeners. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys even yourselves have identified as what a yappy is. But like, I, I don't really feel like I have this like one definition of it, but I just know that what my interpretation is of it. And it is like, yeah, people who, you know, kind of went down a, a very safe route. And that's like the general idea, I guess, of what what a yappy is so safe route as in like a very traditional professional job right well i'd say when you think of like asian parents let's say specifically like immigrant families i think when they come to america i make this joke like there's like the four pillars of what you're allowed to go into like Mm -hmm. occupation wise right it's either finance business medicine law or engineering and science. It's STEM. STEM, yeah. yeah. No, because law is not part of STEM. stem <laughs> <laughs> No, law is like no. a major thing, right? Well, STEM is a science, technology, engineering, engineering and, and math. 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 Yeah. yeah, so yeah, medicine's yeah. not in there either. Yeah. I think so. she's saying that the engineering is... Oh, uh, yeah. STEM yeah, yeah. is one of, one of the, the yeah. categories. Yeah. Yeah. one of the pillars, yeah. So anything outside of that, like they don't understand, mm-hmm. they don't encourage you, which I also thought was weird because like Asian parents are so big on like extracurricular, so like they... they they tell you to like do piano and yeah. take dance classes, language classes, art classes, but then like this is just for the college application. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what? What if you actually said, "Hey, mom, I actually really enjoy music." No, yeah. you know, don't, don't do that. that. You got to give that all up. But mom, you just spent thousands of dollars for me to do this since I was in kindergarten. That's- Doesn't matter. That's so true. true. Yeah, I think it's because it's important to be a well-rounded person, but it's a point that in your career, that should be the thing that provides for you economically, right? Yeah. And for your lifestyle. So that becomes like something very... So your parents want you to have a good job, but if there's a piano in the room for you to be able to impress your friends and say, here's my Chopin. (laughs) It's just like for holiday parties, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, let me drop some Tchaikovsky on you. (laughs) This is why I have high standards for men. It's I like my mom. Oh, yeah. because you saw all the extracurricular activities that you did. And you'd be like, okay, you better be really good at math because you did Kumon. You better be in, good at singing because you did choir. Yeah. You better be able to do art because you took painting classes. And then all you the You better be able to things. cook because my mom cooked. For yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I want to say, like, a lot of Asian American women, like, their, their high standards come from, like, their upbringing because, like, we were taught to be all these things. Hey, mm. hey, by that same token, then these guys are allowed to have the same high standards of you, Oh, too. they are more than welcome to. <laughs> they but yeah, do. So, so you yappies, all you yappies can, you know, just uh, feed each other, I guess. Well, I guess you ladies, like, or Jenna and Mel, do you ladies think that you're a yappy? Can I precede this first real quick? Because I'm seeing your faces. You guys are, like, cringing, like, do I want to say... No. I, I, I need to first say like there's nothing wrong with being a yappy and maybe we can talk about that mm-hmm, right and maybe this is my fault at least with the show is that people took away from it that i was like looking down on yappies mm-hmm. sure. and maybe, maybe i can like summarize it and yeah. you can confirm whether or not my interpretation of it is actually is correct. yeah maybe yeah maybe yes yeah, or we can mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so i mean it sounds like the main character andrew he is someone who is very quote-unquote safe right he is an engineer and is he an engineer? Okay. <laughs> and, silo. And, yeah. Yes, silo. And he likes basketball and he drives a BMW and he likes boys to men. He's a basic bitch of Asian guys. I yeah. love those three things. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Asian, it's Asian guys starter pack. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what's interesting is that then it's like, it's not just a safe career, but there are, every aspect of his life is kind of in this bubble. Mm-hmm. That's right. true. So, yeah. Very true. So he only has mostly Asian friends. He has one like white friend, but he's like a token white friend. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend challenges him about being super safe and not mm. wanting to be with him because right. he doesn't really I guess he lacks passion is mm-hmm. what it seems like yeah I think just to back up to a reason why I wanted this show to be this type of character is because I know that a lot of our fans are probably going to relate to this type of life or mm-hmm. this type of life choices and I think that's similar to like even like your guys's listenership Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's career people, sorry, career women, you know, or like they they're they feel the pressures of their family and they yeah, they do end up in somewhat of a bubble. Right. At the same time, like I also wanted to show this group of friends or Andrew because I, I have a lot of pride in that bubble, too. Like I don't I, I said in the shows, like, why do we have to be apologetic for having mostly Asian friends or gravitating towards each other, right? Or we shouldn't be apologetic for, yeah, going down these jobs too. So like, it was this weird balance of like, wanting to put a mirror towards the audience for them to reflect on themselves, but also be proud Mm -hmm. of their background too. So I get why some people were half offended and then why some people were like, wow, this is really what... I think I needed to see and, mm. and hear and what a lot of people like. I wanted to activate our fans to like reflect on their lives and, and, and think about how complacent have you been in your life? How quote unquote safe have you been? Some comments that were like, oh my gosh, like the, his ex-girlfriend or the girl that he's dating, they're so um, picky, like this guy's great or whatever. But I literally have had friends that have broken up with their boyfriends or guys that have been broken up with for these reasons. Like I think people think that just achieving certain things in life should be enough mm-hmm. for you to be a great partner. But there's a lot more to life than just hitting certain milestones. No, I agree. And I think I was following the comments and watching along with you guys when releasing. I feel like people were offended because some people actually value that safe route. I think for other people, when they, they value other things, like you know exploring passions and like putting efforts in other activities, like that series was for them to explore that. Well, other people, it's like, if you don't value that, that's fine. Like We're not saying there's anything wrong with that, but then that's you. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like I just wanted to make something that just at least made you think about mm-hmm. making that choice. My character, what he realizes is that, oh my gosh, there's been so many things that happened in my life that I just kind of went along with that I didn't realize happened just because I've either 
been complacent or because I'm Asian and mm-hmm. just things happened to me and I just didn't question it. Yeah, if, if people watch it and was like, oh, yeah, like this doesn't apply to me, that's fine. You can still watch a show that you don't fully relate to. Just yeah. you can still like like the characters or like the right. topics. But then for the people that see themselves in it and, the, and they're like, oh my gosh, I do feel uncomfortable. Why do I feel uncomfortable watching this? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And I think it's also because there's such a huge population of Asian Americans that I do think because of us growing up in immigrant families did our living right now very inactive or you know not not proactive or just complacent that i'm like i want to say like we're a powerful group if we all kind of wake up mm-hmm. and participate in mm-hmm. the community you don't i'm not telling everyone to go quit their jobs and go be a starving painter you know yeah. artist but it's like hey are you at least conscious about what's happening in in your community when politics and entertainment you know in education and with all this stuff it's like a lot of Asians just don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. For immigrant families, it makes sense that your parents were on this like single focus mode of just surviving. Mm-hmm. So obviously that translates to the children. And I think it's like, you know, now that you are second or third generation here, you are more established and you should have more freedom and availability to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. But the default setting is for them to still be in that like survival mode, right? Right, right. I think there is a general yearning from our community of wanting to care. But Mm -hmm. the problem is, is that in order for your culture to evolve, you have to have kind of like leaders or products Mm -hmm. to be like milestones or checkpoints or inspiration, right? And I feel like Asian people just don't have a lot of those things to latch onto and say, yes, this is the next level. It literally happens like once every few years that we get Linsanity in 2012, you know, and then and then six years later, we have crazy rich Asians. And then in between, okay, there's some YouTubers or there's and there's someone on TV or there's a K-pop group that you like. We are so hungry and thirsty to try to find things that we're excited about that we just latch onto everything. And we just need more of this stuff, which is why actually I think that this podcast is so amazing and why it's growing and, and finding success is because there's a lot of girls, you know, that have been wanting someone to make this. They've noticed that this is missing or, they, or, or it's one of those things where they never knew that they were missing it. Right. And then now that it's here, they can be like, this is what I need. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can say also for me, like for us three, right, we, we didn't have anyone to really look up to in terms of an entertainment that also worked nine to five and pr- provided a voice well, for people like us. Well, like you said, it's because they're in entertainment, so they're not going to be well, in Exactly. So I think we're at a very interesting time right now where maybe even like 90% of the people are yappies within the Asian American community because a lot of us are still children of immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're still holding on to those values of our parents to have like safe traditional jobs and to be secure and to take care of our family because of how hard it was for them to come over here. Right. So I think a lot of us are still in that mindset, but we're still a very like silenced community in that our voices are, are coming from the 10% that are in entertainment, maybe even less than that, mm-hmm. but that are coming from entertainment and their stories are very different from everyone else. It's not else's. reflective of the 90%. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's so important for people that are in that 90% that maybe they fell into that 90% by default, Mm -hmm. right? But deep down, they actually do have the blueprint for something more. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the series was about. It's like, hey, like maybe you were supposed to be more for your community and not even like on a grand scale, like, yeah, go be a movie star actor, but maybe just even in your local community to help some organization or something, right? And if you look at like the number of people on a college application, right? So many Asian people are like the presidents of their you know, students associations Mm. or organizations, but then like, where does that leadership fall into after college? Right. Right. It was just to get into the school. There's like a lot of unharnessed 
power or talent or talent mm-hmm. and passion yeah that i think just because you know what it is maybe like when you enter the quote-unquote real world you as a minority or a person of color you realize how much things are stacked against you yeah and that you just kind of have to play the game mm-hmm. right but when you're in college and you have an org that's it's cut out for you then yeah i'm going to be a leader here i'm going to be a dancer here i'm going to make flyers here because you have a system and a network where you can flourish right, right. and especially being in california the uc system it's majority of asian people so you're right. actually the microcosm is you are more of the norm in that mm-hmm. setting that's true. which is not the case usually then when you start to enter the working world that's right. true I think that's why a lot of people who listen to us feel lost after postgrad because they don't know the direction to take. And I feel like that relates to like being involved in the Asian American community because it's like who before me has been involved that I could follow and take lead. I don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. So just like I feel there's a lot of Asian American, you know, yappies out there with a lot of potential and power. But what do they do with this power? And it's just like also within their framework of being like the typical nine to five job. They can't be creatives to push that Asian Americans on screen. But they also have like, I guess, like capital power. Right. Right. And they don't know what to do with that. No. So, for example, like how Helen was saying, like, oh, yeah, like 90 percent, let's say, are just quote unquote regular people. I'm like, no, that's 90 percent consumers that can vote with their dollar mm-hmm. and that can apply support to to that is part of that 10% that is willing to grind it out and be a starving artist, right? Or you can, yeah, you can go buy a movie ticket to an independent film or whatever. Or like when we went on tour for Yappy, the people that came out were Yappies. They were like our fans that were working regular four-pillared jobs. And I told them like the fact that you guys are here at a small screening for an offshoot underground YouTube channels Mm -hmm. show, that already shows you that you are not typical. Like you, you keep up with us. You care about what we're doing for the community. Like you guys are special. You guys have contributed X amount of dollars to bring us out here and to keep going. The real people that are yappies that need to hear this message are your friends that didn't want to come. You know what I mean? And so same thing with this podcast too. I feel like there's the people that are listening to this are the ones that are searching for something more. And even if they're not able to for familial financial reasons to go start their own podcast or start their own project, they're allowing you guys to keep going and allowing you guys to keep sharing a message or inspiration to others that could lead to that next maybe someday there's an Asian Beyonce or Asian Michelle Obama like you know like there's a process to everything right and we need to build those pieces and everyone is a piece right and so right now we just don't have enough people that are trying to take the risk to go be those pieces that's all Talk about your three C's. My three C's? Oh, so like on that note of like consumers and you said capital. So you you already, those are two of the C's already. So I have this thing where I believe that in order to change culture, you have to change media first, right? I, I really think media has the power to shift perceptions of like the world because it introduces people that would never see a lifestyle, a a story or whatever to be exposed to it and then it can make it normal, Mm -hmm. right? And so Asian people kind of lack this impact right now. We don't, we have literally one movie every 25 years apparently, Mm -hmm. right? This was a good year, so hopefully this is a trend. Anyways, we need more stuff to be made. We need more movies, we need more TV shows, we need more talent, whatever that's out there trying. So. In order for more stuff to get made, there's three parts of this this machine and they're the three C's. Like you need, first of all, you need the creator, which is going to be that starving artist that has that talent, that's willing to believe in themselves and go against their parents or whatever. But in order for them to make stuff, 
they need the two other parts. Like maybe they need they need capital, like you said. Mm-hmm. They need someone to come in and say, "Hey, I believe in your talent. I know that you have no money to make your film or your painting or your book. I'm going to fund it." So these two people have teamed up now, but. If no one buys that book, then the person that invested that capital will be like, oh, this was a terrible business mm-hmm. decision. No one cares about your art, so let's never do this again. So that's why the consumer, the other C, is very, very important as well because they have to be the ones that show up and buy that book yeah. or buy that CD or whatever, right, or the concert ticket or the movie. So these three working together, every other community has these these parts, and Asian people have not really been able to galvanize in a efficient way yet and we haven't had enough things for us to really work out the kinks of that machine someone on tour actually told me that there's another CEO and it's called connections and that's mm. like networking mm. and that's what also what hollywood is based on hollywood is completely right. based off of a bunch of jewish people that have built this system up over decades and generations just saying oh let me call my cousin let me call my uncle whatever yeah. which is good for them they they put in the work to do that like we haven't we're, we're not there yet you know where do you think of the of the seas? Like, where are we? Which one is kind of at a stronger presence right now? Which is the weakest? Ooh, good question. Damn, Janet. What I think is great and a testament to the power of yappies too, and our parents pushing us to go into STEM and all these things is actually I think that we're good on capital. I actually think that they're very true. So Asians are supposedly have the most buying power, right? right. Of any yeah. other race in this country, they have the power. But are they using it? Because we're also super cheap, yeah. right? Or we're stingy, or like that's the the stereotype, right? I think that there's a lot of Asian people that are still kind of they focus on, on just, themselves, yeah, right. And that's this is this is one of the negative aspects of a typical yappy in my definition. It's like you only care about yourself. You know, I made this joke in the show too. It's like she's like, I, I need someone that cares about the world, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, like some people would be like, oh, that's so hippie or whatever. But like, truly, I think Asian people are are bred you know like we're brought up to say only care about yourself you know like and it's because our parents are telling us oh mrs lynn's kid is doing this and this so you you get to this your program to start yeah everyone's everyone's competing right yeah so you're not trying to help others right so i do think that there's a ton of rich asian people but are they trying to encourage support fund things that are not even going to benefit them like directly maybe right mm-hmm. well you, i don't think so is there another pillar of your your three c's where it's like the cool factor right is that a thing oh, where yeah. right. so, so Asian I, things aren't as cool i do i do think that what i've what i've noticed in the, a lot of meetings and people that I've, I've been encountering there are certain really rich people you know that do see the impact that they can make and i and i think that it's shifting i think as there are more wins that we're seeing in our community it's inspiring them to be like hey i think i can help out mm-hmm. even for you know selfish reasons hey i just want to hang out with famous people or i want to make a movie you mm-hmm. know about myself or my story like i'll fund it and go whatever mm-hmm. so i think that is shifting but i do think that there is a lot of power like you said you know on the capital side on the consumer side yeah we have I mean, we're a small demo overall in America, sure. But if, if you were able to activate everyone to care, that's enough to make a dent in the box office. Like, look at Crazy Rich Asians. Like, the reason why it ended up doing spectacularly is because it still did well within our community first. Mm-hmm. Right. I think in Helen's point about Asian Americans being actually high purchasing power 
group. And I think that with Crazy Rich Asians, we saw that like come through. Right? right. People have like there is definitely a desire and people are willing to pay for it. Exactly. I think a lot of times from what I've heard from ad agencies and whatever studies, like people used to think that, oh, Asians, they'll just do whatever white people do. So we don't need to market to them differently. They don't need something that's specific to them. But I think it's very clear that Asian people, if they have a choice, they will support. So therefore, I think the problem is where we're lacking, going back to your question, your original question is we don't have enough products and therefore creators Creators. Mm -hmm. or creators that have been enabled. At the same time, I would say maybe there are actually a lot of creators, but the connection between all three of them has not been made yet. A lot of creators are feeling like, okay, I can't go for it or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not viable. And then, yeah, they go back to just settling down to what they, you know, what what is easier or what is their default, right? Which is to play it safe, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's the linkage of... Because you, if you have creators and you have capital, but you need that the connections to pair them together, right? Do you feel like there's a disparateness of... No, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I think Asians also like the hardest on each other. So let's say there's mm. a super rich guy. They'll be like, oh, that talent's not good enough. We have to get over this, like, what, what is good enough to take a risk on. And mm. I think a lot of Asians are still risk adverse. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So even going back to the creator's side, like, yeah, I I don't think I don't think that there is enough people that are trying to go for it. I think that there was a really golden age of YouTubers that that kind of kind of changed culture, at least Asian American culture to inspire a lot of people. I think that was also a very like riskless time to to be on YouTube right now. It's so saturated that it's like scary to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, when Wang Fu first started, you know, it was definitely... I wouldn't say easier, but it was just like there was less noise Mm -hmm. and there was less expectation of what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there was less promise of success. So it was more risky also in that sense. Like we were kind of going into the abyss. We had no idea where it was going. Now, because it's not a mystery, now there is expectation. You need to be the successful. You need these numbers. You like, Mm -hmm. you have to make this amount of money. There's more of a process. There's there's more of a process, but that means that there's a higher barrier for entry now. And so now it's just as hard to start a YouTube channel as it is to go to Hollywood. So Asians have just reverted back to the time before YouTube was even invented and Asians are just not going to go after entertainment, you know? That gets into a whole different topic of just like, you know, the state of Asian Americans in media. Like, I don't know if that's what really what you guys want to talk about. I, I'm curious, actually, like, because you guys didn't answer this. Do you guys, like, actually think you guys are yappies? What's your interpretation, defin- interpretation yeah. of it? Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that we talked about, I think most people will tag on to the career in defining a yappy, but then we also talked about how in, in your series, Andrew, it's also about his social bubble and it's everything. So I would say just solely focused on career. Right now, I feel like my lifestyle does kind of typify me as a yappy. I would say I started out post-college in a yappy job or a yappy lifestyle. And then I kind of did like this detour and I had like a mass like, you went to Kenya. Crisis. I, I went to Kenya. I went to Kenya. Yappies don't go to Kenya. Florida and New York. I went to Miami. I went to New York. I tried to go into a creative industry of advertising and actually learned that advertising is a pretty secure industry. So yeah. for Asian people who might think like being a designer or going into advertising is like being a starving artist, it's not. There's a lot of money in there. Well, Wait, you, does you, anyone think going to advertising is not lucrative? I don't. Well, when I told my parents, like, so I started out working at like a, in a tax consultancy. Yeah, they yeah, understand yeah. what that is. Right. So say, advertising uh, they were like literally like i don't know i don't know what that is like do you yeah. are you like is it so, so you went from advertising to chinese acupuncture yeah that's definitely oh not i almost <laughs> forgot about that what? route yeah <laughs> so needless to say i had like a good maybe four to five years of just like 
trying a bunch of different stuff and kind of rounded back out to a lifestyle that someone could define as a yappy lifestyle. But being a yappy is not good, it's not bad. Being anything is not good or not bad. It's just promoting people to be aware of what yeah. you are. So to, to make sure that that is a lifestyle that you've actively chosen, mm-hmm. right? right? So for me, I feel like out of college, I fell into that. I didn't feel like I made an active decision. I just kind of did, I checked the boxes mm-hmm. and then I ended up there and I was like, where am I? I don't like this. But then I ended up back in a place that is very similar to that. But now it was an active decision that I chose to come back here, right? Yeah, so yeah. maybe for some people, you don't even need to go explore. Maybe you stay where you are and you're doing what you're doing, but you just ask yourself, is this where I want to be? So I think you hit it, hit it right there. It's, it's about awareness of your place in, in how it relates to other people and, and society and also your place in your just own life. Mm-hmm. And if you've accepted that, if you are happy with that, right? So when people ask me, do I think I'm a yappy? I will say, yeah, actually, I have yappy tendencies. I'll say this. I'll have, I have yappy tendencies. Like, I think you can be a yappy. Like a woke yappy? <laughs> yeah. Basically, I don't think that there's anything wrong to want stability and, you know, to work hard and earn a good living and have a good education. There's nothing wrong with that. So if that is what some people define as yappy, then yes, everyone should go be a yappy. That's a good thing, right? Like, I, I know people like would criticize Asians. Why are you guys trying to get away from having good education and stuff like that? Whoever Whoever's listening to this and like wondering, like, am I a yappy or not? Don't worry about if you are or aren't. Those are just the, the tangible things of, of a job and, you know, where you are, those milestones is one thing. Like we're talking about, you know, speaking to those yappies and making sure that they're aware mm-hmm. of their choice. Yep. I think sometimes I don't know if I'm a yappy completely because I work in a creative space, right? So it's like, am I considered a yappy? Part of me says yes, because I work the typical nine to five job. But at the same time, my job is part of the STEM, right? Right, right. But it's still, you chose that job because it provides you security and stability, right? Yeah. I guess why my definition of yappy can vary is my career path is very opposite of you, Janet. Like when I first started working, I went into freelance right away. I pursued my passion and I didn't make any money. And, you know, shortly after that, I realized I needed to be stable, you know. And so I think I guess stability is a core part of being a yappy. And that's Mm -hmm, why I entered my nine to five job. But I wasn't satisfied with my nine to five job, which is, you know, why we're doing this podcast yeah. now. But but the fact that you're questioning that, right, means that it's like to your term, the woke yappy. Mm. So you've opted into this lifestyle, but you're aware of maybe what part of it is not fulfilling. If someone told me like, oh, like I'm an actor, or I'm a writer, I would be like, OK, you're not a yappy. Like there are definitely characteristics that I would not attribute the, mm-hmm. the same thing. Right. So I guess it is occupationally dependent in some ways. But I guess that maybe that's just like the surface level. This, on the surface level, yes, a yappy is these things. And typically it is like the occupational stuff. But I think that you can be a little bit of both. You can find, like I said, I relate to being a yappy. I have yappy tendencies. But then my, my profession is completely not. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know, it's because you are all financially stable, right? Maybe that makes you. Right. Like, so yeah. it just all comes yeah. down to money, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think it's because. So when you first pursued the YouTube stuff, you didn't know what it was. So that actually was very risky. That was, that's the opposite of a yappy, right? Right, right. But then it just so happened that it became a stable sector. Right, right. So you didn't Or I I worked at it to make it stable. Right. Because I did want stability in some way, yeah. Yappy tendencies. Yeah. So it's like in some ways, goals really is to be a woke yappy to make, to be stable, right? Or to be both stable, but also... Understand you know, who you are, what you, what you want in life, you know, how you want to affect, you know, the world. I like how you all just finished each other's sentence. <laughs>
You didn't answer. Do you consider yeah, yourself? I, when you... So when I was watching it, I feel like you wrote it for me. I absolutely feel like a yappy. I think it's interesting because if you think about it, like from elementary to high school, you're kind of just like going along with whatever your parents are telling, like which school to go to, right? And then when you go into college, that may be like the first decision you ever have for a choice for yourself. But then a lot of people within college, like I remember when I had to pick my major, I just checked the box and I picked business Mm -hmm. and that has since set the path for what i'm doing now actually if you think like that's pretty crazy right Mm -hmm. but i do think that even though my job is a good job and it's a very safe stable lucrative job it's more like i still feel like i kind of just went with whatever was given to me Mm -hmm. and yes i was smart diligent to get there but at the same time it wasn't really like a a passion choice Mm -hmm. right and then thinking about like the three things the three b's right I love 90s R&B and slow jams. <laughs> like, boys and men, I played basketball, and I have a BMW. Like, I totally fit within this yappy category. And I remember for the first, like, I've been working for eight years now. Just, like, two years ago, I remember thinking to myself, like, what am I, what am I doing, right? I feel like I'm in this job, and I'm doing it well, and I'm proving myself, and I'm, you know, getting promoted here and there. But it's like, but what, what am I really about, right? Mm-hmm. And that thought process, I think, is exactly what Andrew went through when he's at work, right? Mm-hmm. He's reflecting on his life and he's thinking about the bigger picture of like, what is your purpose in life, right? Is it to really just make money? So I think that I'm sure a lot of our listeners can also relate to people right. who are in these very stable jobs and are maybe a little bit more risk adverse to like go out like you, Janet, and like try other things or even like Mel to already start off with like your passion projects, right? So they just check the box. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like for me, giving advice to people who are yappies or in the same place as I am, I think it really is just starting something, even if it's like a very little something, even Mm -hmm. if it's like a very small blog or like even starting an Instagram page where you're thinking about curating captions and thinking about putting together like a story in your Instagram. As lame as that sounds and as like millennial social media driven as that is, like that's still a way to share your thoughts and your ideas, right? And things that are important unique and important to right. you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like almost like journaling to the public. Right. Yeah. So it could like, be like an Etsy page. It could be a, you know, a cookbook. Right. It could be, you know, just something that your actual hobby that you actually care about beyond that you would do for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I think a huge part of the point is to then for you to better understand your identity. Because the whole yeah. point of doing this is like, how do you curate what represents me? And it yeah. forces you to think about what matters, who you are outside of just your nine to five. Exactly. Right. I mean, like, I would like to say that, you know, it doesn't, who cares if you are or aren't a yappy by whoever's definition? Like, I think we're spending a lot of time on like, am I, am I not? You know, it's just like, just are you happy with who you are? Yeah. I, I said this in the, the graduation speech, but I'm like, just as long as you live life actively, don't live life passively. Mm-hmm. And I think if we do want to quantify a general yappy, I would just say, actually, a yappy is just someone that is living life passively. You know, so they fall into checking a box. Mm -hmm. They fall into the default job. They just do what their parents say or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And so, but if if you chose to do all those things, if you love investment banking, if you love filling cavities, that's awesome. (laughs) Go be the best. Yeah, some people do. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. go be the best damn dentist, but be a woke dentist that cares about Asians or cares about, you know, others, right? Like that's what I think is most important. Just being active with your choices and with your life. Right. And I would say that for my job now, like one of the reasons why I'm sticking with it is because I do see sort of this like hole that needs to be filled in terms of there's so many Asian people that come in at like the lower levels, but like they never last through management level. Mm -hmm. And it's like being that example for other people. That's like one of the 
big reasons why I want to stay there and just like yeah. prove people wrong. Right. So maybe that's like a part of the, like a passion that comes from a, a job that was more taken for like the stability side of it. Right. No, I think that's definitely that. That's a huge part of you figuring out what your identity is and what your that's like very mission driven mm-hmm. aspect or mission driven way to approach your work. To add on to what Helen and Jan are saying, I think for Helen, like the reason why she's staying at the job, she feels like she has like this position to fill, right? To represent mm-hmm. Asian Americans in like corporate finance and be a like a ABG. Yeah. <laughs> I think another a tendency for like a yappy is that we get, like you said, Phil, we get stuck in our job because we're doing the day-to-day grind. We don't really have time to think about, am I actually happy with where I am? And here's the thing that I was... I thought about is like, do I like what I'm learning at work? There are times at work I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, do I even like this? Why am I staying hella late? But at the end of the day, it's like, I actually enjoy what I'm learning from like my manager and like my department. And so like, yeah, I think if you enjoy learning what you're doing, then you're also, you're in a good place. Yeah. That means that you're actively, well, A, you're actively questioning it and B, it's like if you are actively gaining something positive that matches with your enjoyment. Yeah. Okay, so just to wrap up this episode, um, Phil, like, you know, you have season one of Yappy. What are the next steps now? I would love to make a season two. I, again, this is like completely self-financed, self-produced. This is not like Netflix handing us a big check. So it, Netflix, if you're listening, <laughs> holla. There's I, some Yappies there. I wish, we need some people from one of the C's, the capital, yeah. to yes. get involved here. I, I honestly wish we had more support from, you know, the community or traditional side. But I do see Yappy, the series, as like kind of like a more like for the culture kind of thing. Like we're not doing it for the money, obviously. But, mm-hmm. but the message of trying to activate this demographic is so important to me that like I do want to keep it going because there's so much more to explore about the modern Asian American experience. Like you guys touch on it, you know, every week with an episode, you know, um, periods and poops. I want to do, (laughs) I want to do the visual representation of those stories, you know? And so, you know, even like Andrew is, you know, the the main character, but like there's so many other characters, you know, in in his group of friends, like there's actually one episode that I, I want to do if we do a second season, that's like just about the girls, you know, and like their experiences. So, I mean, that could be its own show, you know, like there could be an ABG show. Uh, Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, obviously want to keep making stuff, you know, for our fans and keep inspiring people. I think the longer I've been doing Wong Fu and, you know, this YouTube thing, the more I'm realizing that it's beyond just, you know, my particular story and just what I think is funny or, you know, meaningful. Like I know that there's messaging and there's stories that are from other parts of the community that I would have never experienced before that I want to help bring to light you know, and make Wong Fu. I want to watch season two of Yappy. I feel like I left kind of, after watching last episode, I'm like, there has to be a season two. Yeah. And I think I was telling, I was telling you, Phil, like as of a fan at 16, when I first met you, seeing Yappy, it's like, wow, even at 27, I could relate to your content again. I think we, I think we'll have to do a second season, mainly just because even this conversation has made it very clear. There's so much more to clarify of Mm. what we're even trying to say. (laughs) With, with yappiness, you know, yeah. like, and I, yeah, I, I definitely feel like since it's come out, I've learned a lot more of like just hearing people's responses, hearing people's own interpretations, you know, like I, I, I definitely do feel like there's a lot more to say about what this quote unquote yappy identity is and what it can mean to others and how it can affect others as well, you know, so yeah, I really don't want people 
if this is the last thing that you remember hearing, you guys were, you know, doing your hair the whole last 30 minutes or whatever you were listening. Because <laughs> I know that's how Helen sometimes listens to the podcast. In the bathroom or in the car. And, then, and then it's just playing and I'm like, you're not even listening to this. <laughs> I you think know? I'm actively listening and brushing so, my teeth and curling my hair and doing everything else. So in case you guys zoned out or were dealing with something the last 30 minutes, you know, again, we're, we're not looking down on a particular job or a particular way of life. I think what we're all encouraging you and what you girls are leading by example with is yeah living actively you know making sure you have chosen what you want to do and are aware of what your choices mean in your own life and to other people around you right and so just yeah just kind of understanding that it's not just you and your own piano recital and you just got to beat the other kids like it's like no you we're all we're all playing together, and we all can and affect one another in positive ways. Share the piano. <laughs> Share the piano. Yeah, chopsticks, right? Yeah, yeah chopsticks. You need Strive. two people. Yeah. Strive to be a woke yappy. Yeah. Essentially. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go get that money. Go be a good dentist, and then spend it on a Wong Fu ticket or something. <laughs> or an ABG ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm doing too much of my own plug. <laughs> Okay, so to wrap things up, we have a couple questions for you, Phil. Uh Uh-oh. So so you uh, are a producer on our podcast. We have now, what, like almost 30 episodes? This will be about 30. Um, Yeah, 3-0. A little test of your, have you been listening to everything? (laughs) What's your favorite episode? Uh, I'm doing my hair most of the time for... (laughs) We don't jog your I'll, memory. I'll either. say this, okay? Like, I'll give the view, the listeners, the inside scoop. Oh God! Okay? Oh God! <laughs> you guys have come so far. The first, the first season was so rough. Like, hey, you guys recorded, yeah, no, you guys recorded that first episode like three times. Or Grooming something. was my favorite. It's still my favorite episode. So and I'm that just was trying to, episode three. I'm trying to just think back. To, was that episode three? Yeah, yeah, actually, that was. Yeah. That was that was a fun one. Yeah. Does that I, mean we've gone downhill? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I think for the first season, I was like the last listen, Mm -hmm. you know, quality control, I guess, (laughs) for the technical stuff. And so that forced me to listen to everything. And then second season, I started to not have to do that as much, which is a testament to your guys' skill. Thanks. But it also meant that I wasn't listening to everything all the way through. (laughs) No, just kidding. I listened to everything. Okay, sorry. To answer your question, I, man... There's been so many. Can you guys refresh my memory? Wow. Oh, that's secret code word for I don't listen to anything. Everything has had a, like good stuff in it. Like, so what's favorite? So obviously, like you know, the dating stuff is always fun to listen to. Like, Mel's. which one of the dating? Yeah, which one of the dating? episode names. Mel's now. Mel's escapades. I can't believe that Excuse we me? called Mel Boo. Mel's Boo. I can't believe that we have seen a complete life cycle of one of Mel's relationships because of ABG. <laughs> oh, like, sorry, is that too soon? But no, I think no, that's, no. I think it's kind of crazy that like in the first season, she was talking about being single. In the second season, we actually saw her get a boyfriend and then like, by the end of, sorry, is this too emotional? No, 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 okay. fine. I mean, okay, I do find it interesting because like, you know, we've been friends for like a few years now and I think we never really talked about like, oh, like risque topics like sex and like this, mm. this, podcast has allowed us to open up about it right and so when we were recording and then we send like you know phil and other producers like the episode they'll text us saying like oh my god you did this you learned a lot about us uh inadvertently i think through list well along with everyone else in the world i guess yeah. <laughs> i mean we're not just talking into the void ladies yeah. we are talking to people <laughs> i mean like phil you knew janet since college did you know she'll be as outspoken as she is on the mic I mean, Janet? you had the moves in the on the dance team, but we didn't know you had the moves. In the, Janet in, in the, college. <laughs> in the mouth, what the fuck? You were, yeah, you were definitely the quieter quiet. one. Yeah. Whoa. I still quiet. am kind of quiet, yeah. I'm, I'm naturally quiet. Well, yeah, but I guess, yeah, give her a platform and she'll just go off. I love it. So, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Mel, this makes sense for you. 
this, Whoa, that this laugh is, though. This was, a, <laughs> this was a natural step for you, and I know that this is just step one of your uh, staircase to a K-pop music video. <laughs> Honestly, the real this, the real reason why we had the, Phil here is because I'm like trying to bait him to like make a K-pop yeah. Video this for is me. this is literally like just a substitute. This is the closest that she can get to to uh, to a K-pop music video. My voice, <laughs> Helen. I would say this is a pretty big jump for her, yeah. considering like her job and that she has never taken a lot of risks before this. So because yeah. you knew Helen for what three years? Four no, years? no, much more than that. Oh yeah, but then I feel like the, like the times you knew her, like now that she's doing something different, it's kind of kind of cool right yeah no i think it's uh (laughs) but again you know what this is like i think this was always in you Mm. and but you never had a group of people to encourage you to try it Mm. yeah actually it's it's funny because i used to have um, an instagram account called 18 puppies that is a private account and that was my own personal account and i would actually write captions for myself and i remember you looking at it and you saying like why don't you just put this into the public i was like what the fuck is 18 18 puppies (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Were you twelve? I like the number eighteen. I like puppies. You like puppies. <laughs> I, oh, I thought you were like you know running like a puppy Instagram account or some shit. Like no, that. no, I remember you seeing that. You were like, dude, like these captions yeah. are good. So I actually feel like yeah, like of the th- of the three, like the most odd one is that Janet's doing this. Like, really? I don't know because like I never got the sense from you that you wanted to be you know oh no or no public too. You're mm, very like right, right. So I'm for private, you to yeah. for you to take the step. To say like I'm down to share with share the world. this much, yeah. I, I honestly am pretty surprised. I think yeah. maybe maybe it's the like lack of knowledge of what that means. Maybe okay. Oh, maybe like ign- no, so you're saying like ignorance is bliss kind of. Yeah, thing, like, like I kind of was just like, yeah, let's do a podcast. You don't realize don't the who... actual impact that. Yeah, it would I would. Yeah, actually, yeah. I was very surprised with like. I mean, I guess, like, thinking about doing an Instagram account, I was like, we're just going to do a podcast. But yeah. what it meant, like, socially, mm. I, I wasn't... Yeah. I didn't know what I was signing up for. Not, it was, It's good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, but I think that's something that, you know, can be said between all three of you. Like, I don't. I think when you guys first started, like, very low expectations, mm-hmm. and you guys have stuck with it, and it's doing well. And I think a lot of your listeners can see that as inspiration, that nothing happens overnight, mm-hmm. right? So you have to stick with it. You have to be committed. You have to have a good support group. So high five to me. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like no, no, you guys, you guys support each other. You guys did it, you know, as a team, and I think that's that's really important. So, and and yeah, like I think you guys embody a lot of what going after, you know, a, a side project, dream, passion, you know, entails. So, I'm really glad that so many people are resonating with it, and that you guys are seeing the fruits of your labor. You know, 30 episodes—that's amazing. That's and nuts. and you guys did it yourselves. You know, like mm-hmm. you guys were the ones that were staying up late editing yourselves. You know, yep. people—I don't know if people know that. I don't know if people think that you guys have like you know a huge team behind you or whatever, but yeah, you guys do a lot of this on your own. So, I do want to thank Phil for you know coming on this episode. Actually, as we're sitting here, I'm looking around the table, and I do realize Phil was the one that brought us three together because you know. Oh, that's very true. Right, like because yeah. all three of us are actually different parts of his life. Oh, and we yeah. came together to form this podcast. Yeah. That's we true. just yeah. we were just drinking one night, right? and I was like, listening to the three of you girls talk, and I was like, people needs to hear this. <laughs> people, actually, that's true. You were a big instigator and supporter, and I think to your point about the first episode, it took us like three tries. I don't know if we would have gotten over that hump if it weren't for some of your like technical assistance. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, and I think it's also you need to have people that can see that it is possible. I think that's just what's important that what to have just role models in general. I'm not saying I'm a role model, but I'm saying like I had to convince you guys like, no, no, trust me. Like this is good. Mm-hmm. This is going to be great. You know, and now you guys are proving it day in and day out, week in and week out.
Um, so I guess just to wrap this up, thank you, Philip, for joining us as our third guest on Asian Boss Girl, a very important ABB in I'm our lives. I'm not a fuckboy. <laughs> He's not a fuckboy. Just to stand he off from that episode. A supportive ABB yes. of the ABG podcast. So thank you for your time here. Yes. And thank for, you. Yeah, being important in our lives. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. And maybe have me back, you know? Like, maybe I can be a, you know... Fuckboy part three? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can I can I try to do the outro? Oh my god, can you? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, let's love see. That. All right. Um, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes. We'll just show up right in your feed. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're really active on social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So add us there and follow us there. What's our um, handle? At Asian Boss Girl. Leave a comment. Leave us a rating. We love getting ratings <laughs> and hearing about your stories and and what you enjoyed. So you can also email us, asianbossgirl at gmail.com. And um, yeah, thanks what's so much the, for listening. What's the call to action for our listeners? Call to action. So in the comments of this Instagram post or email us, do, what do you think a yappy is? And are you one? Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good? <laughs> yeah. Good job. All right. Thanks, everyone. And see you all in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. See you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.